0: Welcome to Flying with the Ox. I'm your host, Rohit Mathur, and today I'm joined by my chemistry teacher, Dr. Archer.
1: It's good to be here.
0: Thanks for coming on the show, Dr. Archer. My pleasure. So, Dr. Archer, in your own words, what is chemistry?
1: Uh, chemistry is a way that we can investigate the relationship between different substances in the universe. And these could be gases, or they could be liquids, they could be solids, they could be pure, they could be mixtures.
0: Yeah. So, I, I think when I first started off learning about chemistry, I pretty much just pictured the periodic table of elements. And even that is pretty hard to actually like conceptualize or like, visualize, because i don't know you just see a bunch of different letters on in this form of a table and it's hard to understand what it really means um like i knew that there was like hydrogen and there was silver for example but i didn't realize that silver like the if you look at the atomic mass of hydrogen it's 1.01 atomic units and then silver is 107.37 and i didn't realize that meant that silver weighed like a hundred times more and like silver is like a good amount bigger than hydrogen it's it's hard to visualize because they're so small that we can't see them but they still do have distinctions among each other
1: and that is an amazing thing that everything is made up of these tiny little tiny atoms and on the periodic table there's only just over a hundred of these types of atoms but there's millions and millions of different substances that they make up
0: yeah so it's like these like roughly a hundred have different like if they're arranged in different patterns or they come together in different ways they can make like everything in the universe, pretty much.
1: Yep, everything in the universe.
0: It's crazy to think about. Um, so, Dr. Archer, how did you get interested in chemistry?
1: Well, um, as a child, I always enjoyed science, and I liked math. Uh, my dad was actually a chemistry professor. So we talked a lot about chemistry at home in terms of how do things work. So I enjoyed that. And when I went to college, um, I was either going to major in chemistry or physics, and I ended up choosing chemistry. And I'm glad I did.
0: Awesome. Yes. So one thing that's been pretty interesting to me for chemistry is that it's just like we were saying it, you you can explain pretty much anything in the world with chemistry. And there's a lot of stuff where it's stuff in our everyday lives that we kind of take for granted that chemistry just explains in a different way. And we gain different realizations about these things because of chemistry. So one that we were talking about earlier is like using salt in cooking versus like salt being used on the road to lower the uh, temperature uh, to lower the freezing point of the ice right
1: that's right yeah, yeah. so on the, in the winter time we put salt on the roads so that the freezing point goes down so that when it's 32 the water stays water it doesn't freeze into
0: ice right so then that way when someone's driving over it it's not icy it's closer to water or i guess the temperature has to be lower in order for it to get to ice Yes. And then there's more leeway there.
1: Yeah. So eventually, yeah, it will freeze. Yeah. yeah the salt only works for a, a little while. So then in cooking, however, or anytime you have water that's a liquid and it boils, if you add salt, it actually increases the temperature that it boils at. So water normally boils at 100 degrees. If you add salt, it goes up. But it only goes up by a little bit.
0: Okay. So a lot of people add salt to their... Why why do people add salt to their cooking, actually? What's the goal there?
1: So adding salt to your cooking actually just changes the flavor. Um, It doesn't change the boiling point enough to make a difference. So (laughs) if I wanted to boil my pasta faster and I said, oh, if I add salt, the boiling point goes up, to get the boiling point to go to like 105 degrees instead of 100 degrees, I'd have to add about a cup of salt.
0: Which is like an insane amount. (laughs) That would taste
1: horrible. Your pasta would not be (laughs) edible after that. Yeah.
0: Um, and then the other kind of interesting example that we were talking about is, and this one's more intuitive, like I feel like if you talked to pretty much anyone, they would be able to figure this out. Um, but explaining the reasoning behind it is a little bit, it takes a little bit more chemistry. So if you talk about like, uh, let's, let's say like a dish of water, and you have it in the summer versus that same dish of water in the winter, um, we can kind of figure out that it'll evaporate faster in the summer but explaining exactly why takes a little bit more chemistry. So do you wanna talk about that?
1: Yeah, I'd love to talk about water. So water, um, as you know, is a liquid normally, and then some of the water has enough energy that it can jump into the gas phase, which means it becomes water vapor. So it's still water, it's just a gas now, instead of a liquid. So if there's enough energy available, a water, some of the water will evaporate. The particles that have enough energy to escape from the other water molecules will go into the vapor phase, but there's still water. Right. On a cold day, there's not a, as much energy available, so not as much water can
0: evaporate. Okay, so this is still, it still remains H2O, like the chemical formula is the same. And because yes. of that, it's not really a chemical reaction, it's a phase shift. Right? Is that the right word for it? Exactly.
1: It's, we call it a phase change.
0: Phase change, yep. okay.
1: It went from being a liquid to a gas, but it's still water.
0: So, Dr. Archer, how did you get into teaching chemistry?
1: Well, it took me a while to figure out that I really enjoyed teaching chemistry. I originally went to William & Mary as an undergraduate, and I got a degree in chemistry. And then I went to MIT, uh, and I did graduate work there. And then I transferred to the University of Virginia, And that's where I got my PhD in chemistry. And my research there was looking at peptides interacting with membranes. We were actually looking at allomethacin, which can disrupt the voltage-gated channels in membranes.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. So I think we had talked before about how you really studied the intersection between chemistry and biology, right?
1: Yes. In fact, in graduate school, even though I was technically a chemistry major, I started to do a lot more biochemistry, which is using chemistry applied to biological systems.
0: Yeah. Interesting. So what did you do after uh, your PhD?
1: So after I had my, got my PhD, I went to the National Institutes of Health and I did a postdoctoral fellowship there looking at the structure of proteins using NMR spectroscopy. So, um, it's, it was interesting um, and it was cool. We got really neat pictures and stuff of what the proteins looked like by using this technique called NMR spectroscopy. And then I was hired by a pharmaceutical company to do research. So, after about seven years with the pharmaceutical company, our division got sold uh, and I didn't want to move. So, I looked for something else I could do in the area and I started teaching at a local college. And then um, about seven years ago, I started teaching here at Archmere. Awesome. Um, my favorite job so far. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Dr. Archer. It was really interesting hearing about, hearing about these different chemistry concepts, and I hope that anyone listening took, was able to take something away from this. So yeah, thank you for coming on the show.
1: It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me.